are rolling tape, ladies and gentlemen, and it's good to be back. Jim Watkins here. Let me turn off some of this background noise that might interfere with our listening pleasure. I love this song. I hope you do too. I probably use it too much. Hey, I want to start this podcast out by apologizing. I had posted a podcast up uh, a couple of days ago, and in the mixing, for some stupid reason, and for I won't go into the weeds on it, but uh, I somehow, when I mixed the track, I muted the voice track. I mean, you got the intro music and the outro, but you didn't get the story. And it was up for about 48 hours before I caught it. So I do apologize. And, and some of that in, information, and I'm sorry that you missed it because it was undoubtedly probably one of the most dynamic and exciting podcasts I have done on, on your Rancher Radio. So, and I felt really bad about it. Uh, just horrible because I I was looking for <laughs> I was looking forward to having people tell me um, anyway but it's uh, good to be back and again to, thanks to my uh, my newfound friend Joel Garbon for coming on the show not once but twice to talk about energy and the Arantia book and all the exciting things uh, today we're going to talk about uh, we're, we're answering some uh, listener email. Listener email and some topics that we can introduce today that I, I find to be very interesting. I'm always fascinated when you can find something in the Bible and then go and find out more about that subject uh, in the Arantia book. It happens all the time. I actually wrote an article about this and I posted it up on my website, urantiaradio.net. If you scroll down to the article section, and it basically addresses my argument for why Christians should be willing to consider and embrace the Arantia book as a revelation. And um, it's a good article. I, I think it makes a lot of key points about the fact that there's just so much information contained in the Arantia book that if you're a true follower of Christ or if you're a f- true follower of, of God or the Lord, then you really owe it to yourself. Don't deny yourself the opportunity to be a part of what I think is an incredible revelation. So it's called Why Christians Should Embrace the Urantia Book as an Authoritative Revelation. We may choose to expound on this in the next episode, but truthfully, there's just so much stuff that we've got to talk about now. But if you want to get a sort of an insight into what my arguments are, I encourage you to jump on my website, urantiaradio.net. And we'll find it. It's the most recent article up there. Uh, as far as emails, I want to uh, talk about a couple things that are coming up. Uh, one of them has to do with the, uh, what's the one about the spiritual leadership? Do we have that one? It may be also listed on my website, but I believe, I might have deleted it, but I do remember the details. It's a spiritual leadership conference. It's going to be taking place globally. So a lot of people who read the Arantia book from all over the world, different countries, are going to be participating. It is open to the general public, and it takes place November 20th and 21st, which is a Saturday and a Sunday. And, of course, all of it is based on where you're living, you, you know, so you have to check the time that certain presentations are being made. But you can get all of that information, again, for this leadership conference for Arantia book readers, November 20th and 21st, and the Arantia Association or the Arantia, uh, I believe it's the association, has it on their website, so just Google it. Um, 
couple interesting questions came in about the um, FRBs. Have you heard about the FRBs? Yeah, it's kind of interesting what's going on in space. Uh, for the last few years, we've been getting uh, more and more frequent bursts that are coming from somewhere smack dab in the middle of the Milky Way. And uh, what it is sort of confusing or confounding or dumbfounding scientists is that it's such a large amount and it's and it's so regular. It's like 1,400, these steady pulses. Remember the movie Contact with Jodie Foster? When she's sitting there and she's listening to the space scanners and they're trying to detect any kind of radio signals or any kind of cosmic burst that might indicate intelligence. But it's the same thing. And they're hearing these things uh, more frequently and on a more regular basis. Well, I got an email from, they're called Frequency Radio Bursts, FRBs. And I got a, an email listener who said, hey, what do you think those are? Do you think maybe those are the universal broadcasts that they talk about in the Arantia book? And I said, I think you, you might be onto something there. Uh, more regular bursts. We still can't interpret it because either they're, they're not intended for us particularly, but they might be discernible or uh, interpreted through more of an angelic frequency. Maybe they operate on frequencies that are slightly above our own range. Who, who knows? But our, our ability to detect this kind of phenomena is growing exponentially. It's getting better and better. So it's not surprising to me that as our science progresses and our ability to make better and better machines and software, it's not surprising to me that we'd be picking up some space chatter. And I actually kind of uh, would consider it something on the level of what we would consider 5G. If you know anything about telecommunications, 5G simply means it's the, it's the amount of data that can be shipped through space or through the air or through a telephone line or through wireless primarily, how much data you can ship to someone and have their receiver. So let me give you an example. Like right now with 4G, if you say you download an album, an entire album, say 10 songs, right? Uh, or a movie, a two-hour movie. Let's stick with the movie because a movie would take about, I don't know, maybe three minutes four minutes, depending on your internet speed, to download an entire two-hour movie. That's a lot of bytes. It's a lot of binary code that has to be you know, moved from a server to your device. Now, if it took two hours in 4G, just to give you an idea of what 5G is, 5G would take about two minutes. I mean, the amount of data that could move through space is 100 times greater than 4G. That's what 5G represents. It's like the difference between a, a 4.0 and a 5.0 earthquake is 100 times greater. And it's the same with, you know, measuring gigabytes as they move through space. And so I would say that the data dumps that we're getting from heaven, maybe that's what these FRBs are. Maybe what we just have been receiving are these huge data dumps. That makes, that makes some sense to me. And if you're one who understands this kind of science and you want to comment on it, so I don't think it's outside of the, you know, let me know. Share with, with me what you will. And I can share it with the audience here on the podcast. 
So FRBs, heaven data dumps, that's what I'm calling them. And I'm sticking to that. But I think it's, it's plausible. That would be an, an explanation. Science doesn't give, give that kind of an explanation. They think it's either a neutron star or you know, maybe it's some intelligent life. But they say, well, it, it's so big, it, they have to be really, really intelligent. The amount of energy required to send this information so far across space and time is, is unfathomable. But that's what we always say. Everything is, I love those headlines you, you read when science now realizes why we got it wrong in the first place. You know, so anyway, that's what my FRB explanation is. Uh, another email I had uh, about the emblem of, of Melchizedek. For those of you who are familiar with the story of Machavinta Melchizedek, he was the one that taught Abraham and introduced monotheism into the religious lexicon. And uh, it was Abraham who went on to f- found not only Judaism, but which led to Christianity, but also Islam. Um, anyway, he, wrote, he wore an emblem. And the Urantia book mentions it. It's not mentioned in the Bible, but the Urantia book me- mentions that he's wearing the emblem of the concentric circles, which is the same concentric circles that are on the Urantia logo. So this leader, or this reader, had emailed me, a listener, and said, uh, "You know, what is the meaning of the emblem? What does the concentric circles really represent?" Now. When Melchizedek wore it, it was a symbol that he was was honoring or giving homage to the faithful of days. And this is where the story gets really interesting. Now, the faithful of days are Trinity ambassadors. Now, what does that mean, Trinity ambassadors? Well, in every level of the universe, from the system level of a thousand worlds in one region to the constellation level, which is... Uh, a community of of a hundred systems, and then on and on and on as it progresses up through space, and you got the local universe level, which comprises, you know, so many numbers of constellations. It's what Michael rules over. Michael Christ Michael rules over the universe of Nebadon, which is comprised of I think it's either a hundred or a thousand constellations. Anyway, the the Trinity ambassadors are, they find their origin in the Trinity. Uh, and, and there are an order of days, what they call them, an order of days. And one of those days is actually, when I mean days, I mean that's the name of the organization. You might recall in the Bible that the ancients of days are mentioned in Daniel. And I want to share with you what contemporary modern definitions are of the ancients of days. And that will, I think, give you some enlightenment as to, and we'll get back to the emblem, the emblem of the Trinity, and it all ties together. So if you look up Wikipedia, the ancients of days as they are, as they are observed in uh, Kabbalah, in the Zohar, it reads, and this is from Wikipedia, the seminal document of Kabbalah that emerge, I think Madonna is into Kabbalah. It's like a, I'm not even sure what Kabbalah is, but I know that some people just go nuts over it. And the, according to the Kabbalah, um, 
which emerged in 13th century Spain, there is a mention of the ancients of ancients, the holy ancient one, Hatika Kadisha, variably interpreted as synonymous with the Ensof, the unmanifested godhead. The ancients of days, according to Kabbalah, is a, manifest, a manifestation of the ancients of ancients within creation. It refers to the most primary ancient source of creation in the divine with Keter, the crown. Now, here's a quote from the Arantia book that I want to preface this next segment with as we explore who these ancients of days and who these faithful of days are, what their personality entails and what their purpose is really. From paper 10, section 1, paragraph 1, it reads, It would seem that the Father, back in eternity, inaugurated a policy of profound self-distribution. There is inherent in the selfless, loving, and lovable nature of the Universal Father something which causes Him to reserve to Himself the exercise of only those powers and that authority which He apparently finds it impossible to delegate or to bestow. bestow. That's an important thing to remember because He gives of Himself completely. And the book of Daniel also contains a reference to, quote, someone like a son of man, end quote, who is brought up close before the ancients of days and to whom are given, quote, rulership and dignity and kingdom, that the peoples, national groups, and languages should all serve him. See, so now we're digging into the authority of the ancients of days, representatives of the Trinity. That last quote from Daniel seven thirteen fourteen. Some Christian commentators have understood this to describe God the Father bestowing a rulership over an everlasting kingdom upon Jesus, who is often called who is also called the Son of Man, which would suggest that the ancients of days is not identical with Jesus. It has been noted that Daniel's vision of the two figures is the only one in which the two divine persons are ever seen face to face. Among ancient Christian pseudo the Pagrapha, the book of Enoch states that he who is called Son of Man, who existed before the worlds were, is seen by Enoch in the company with the ancients of days. There's actually a hymn that includes the line, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. The last two lines of the final verse read, Most blessed, most glorious, the ancients of days. Almighty, victorious, the great name we praise. So now, that's the lexicon as it's carried itself down through history of our theology. The Ancients of Days is seen as this great organization that even predates the worlds themselves, the beginnings of creation. So now we're going to explain to you what the... Remember a moment ago I was telling you how God distributes himself? Let's talk a little bit about the law and justice of the universe, because that's kind of important and relevant to this discussion. In the application of law, justice, it falls within the province of the Paradise Trinity and is carried out by certain sons of the Trinity. This is from paper 10, section 6. All laws take origin in the first source and center. He is law. The administration of spiritual law and here's in the second source and center, which is the eternal Son. 
the application of law, justice, falls within the province of the Paradise Trinity and is carried out by certain sons of that trinity. Justice is not the attitude of the Father, the Son, or the Spirit. Justice is the trinity attitude of these personalities of love, mercy, and ministry. No one of the Paradise deities fosters the administration of justice. Justice is never a personal attitude. It is always a plural fiction. So you understand that what he's saying is that law does exist in the universe. It's part of God's creation. But how is law administered to? How can it be fair? Well, the only way that law or justice can be fair is if it's the attitude of the group, not the individual. This is why Jesus tells us, you know, it's the Lord that has vengeance. Anyway, so from paper six, it reads, Judgment, the final application of justice, is the work of the stationary sons of the Trinity, being partaking of the Trinity nature of the united Father, Son, and Spirit. So who are these stationary sons? Well, there's ten of them. And the ancients of days and the faithful of days are mentioned. It starts off with the highest order of the stationary sons. Remember, these sons are representative of the Father, the Son, and the, and the Spirit. They represent the Trinity attitude. They represent God's justice. Now let me read to you what the ancients of days are about. The ancients of days are basically identical. They disclose the combined character and the unified nature of the Trinity. The ancients of days, the personal rulers of the super-universes, are all uniform and super-perfect, super-perfect offspring of the Paradise Trinity. They represent the beginnings of the personality records of the universe of universes, hence their name, Ancients of Days. When you reach Paradise and search the written records of the beginnings of things, you will find that the first entry appearing in the personality section is the recital of the trinitization of these 21 Ancients of Days. Now there are 21 of them in total. That's it. In the entire of creation, the entirety of creation, there are only 21 ancients of days, three of them for each of the seven super-universes, of which we are part of one. So three times seven is 21. 1813, uh, section three, paragraph five. These high beings always govern in groups of three. Three for each of the seven super-universes. And the Urantia book also tells us the ancients of days can decree personality extinction. What's that phrase from the Bible where it talks about the book of life and being written out of the book of life? Well, that's what the ancients of days do. From paper 18, 3, 7. In power, scope, and authority, and extent of jurisdiction, the ancients of days are the most powerful and mighty of any of the direct rulers of the time-space creations. In all the vast universe of universes, they alone are invested with the high powers of final ex ex executive judgment concerning the eternal extinction of will creatures. And all three of these ancients of days must participate in the final decrees of the supreme tribunal of the super-universe. Aside from the deities and their paradise associates, 
the ancients of days are the most perfect, most versatile, and the most divinely endowed rulers in all time, space, existence. And they are the judges. They are the judges. The faithful of days on a system level represent the Trinity just as the ancients of days on the super universe level represent the Trinity. So they, these days, these personalities noted as days, the eternal of days, the ancients of days, the perfection of days, the recent of days, Emmanuel, remember the name Emmanuel? Emmanuel is the elder brother of Christ Michael. He is one of the union of days. So he represents the Trinity on the local universe level. The faithful of days represents the Trinity on the system level. So when Melchizedek came and incarnated on earth as an emergency son back in the days of Abraham, he came on behalf of his boss. And who was his boss? The faithful of days. They represent the Trinity. And that emblem that he wore, which was the concentric circles, is the logo, if you will, of the Trinity. And that was his badge. That was what he wore to show respect, perhaps, to his elders. And the, uh, the whole story of the days is perfectly outlined in both papers 10 and 18, if you want to get into the nooks and cranny of it. But it, it was, that's, the, that's why we have the logo, the concentric circles, on the Urantia book. It's, it's a stamp of where that book came from and who authorized it. When Michael and the Michael emblem, you've seen the picture maybe uh, of the flag where it's a white background with three azure concentric circles. That's the banner of Michael. And Michael, who represents the Trinity to Michael? Emmanuel, his elder brother. And who is the Trinity but the Father, the Son, and the Spirit? So I'm hoping that that explanation kind of got your thoughts going as we try to delve and uh, study the Urantia papers. And that's the story, and I'm sticking to it. Hey, if you want to send me uh, some uh, questions that you might have or some comments, the address is urantiabookradio at gmail.com and, of course, our website, urantiaradio.net. Until next time, thanks again for joining me on this edition of the Urantia Radio Podcast. Mm-hmm.